and welcome to Spanish Answers, a podcast that gives you unas llavitas claves as you unlock your Spanish language adventure. I'm your host, Sarah, with Language Answers, and my question for you today is, do you have trouble remembering which adverb of place, or rather, adverbios demostrativos, to use in Spanish for saying where something is? For example, is the cat aquí, ahí, or allí? Or maybe it's acá. If so, then this episode is for you. Episode 55, acá versus aquí. Los adverbios demostrativos. So, let's begin. Let's talk first about adverbs of place, or adverbios demostrativos de lugar. These words, such as here, aquí, there, ahí, a-h-i, or over there, allí, a-double-l-i. And please note, the i in all three of these is accented. Now, these three words can be used as adverbs or even pronouns and describe the location of an object, person, or place. We'll get more into that as we cover each word later on. Now, there are some variations that you might hear, such as acá instead of aquí. So that's A-C-A with an accent mark over it. Or maybe allá, A-double-L-A with an accent mark instead of allí. Most of the time, they are interchangeable, and the only way to know which one should be used is based on local custom. For instance, in Spain, they almost always use aquí, but in Latin America, you can find the rules reversed, or where they're both used the same, it really just depends on the country. So in researching this episode, I realized that the differences between all of these words can get a bit murky. So keep in mind that you'll want to ask a local from your target region to make sure you blend in with local customs. For example, are you wanting to speak Spanish in Spain or Argentina? Are the majority of your Spanish-speaking friends from Mexico or Puerto Rico? One other thing to note, there is an important difference between the verb haber, which means there is, and these adverbs of place. For example, if you say, hay dos gatos en la calle, you are saying, there are, or there exist, two cats in the street. But if you say, dos gatos están allá, you are saying, two cats are located over there. So, haber is a verb of existence, if you will, and the adverbs of place are more for saying where something is specifically located. And of course, there are lots of other ways in which you use haber, but that is for a different episode, not today's. Anyway, moving on, let's go ahead and talk about the meanings and the usage of each word. I've tried to combine all of the things I found in my research, but because it can get a bit tricky, people seem to have differing opinions. I've also heavily relied on the dictionary by the Real Academia Española, or the RAI, and wordreference.com. Let's begin with aquí and acá. So they both mean here. Por aquí, the RAI says the word means, quote, en este lugar, unquote, whereas acá means, quote, en este lugar o cerca de él, unquote. In other words, acá has a slightly different connotation, that of in this place or near it, but in everyday usage, this hardly makes a difference. So some example sentences, nosotros vivimos aquí, or nosotros vivimos acá, both mean we live here. Vine aquí una vez. I came here once. Vine aquí una vez. Or, vine acá 
una vez. Vine acá una vez. Vinieron aquí desde Irlanda. They came here from Ireland. Vinieron acá desde Irlanda. They came here from Ireland. Now, here are some example sentences of using these adverbios demonstrativos as nouns. Los ciclistas pasan por aquí. The cyclists pass through here. Los ciclistas pasan por aquí. Or, los ciclistas pasan por acá. Los ciclistas pasan por acá. You could also say, aquí tengo los libros. I have the books here. Acá tengo los libros. I have the books here. Now, there are specific instances, though, where you can't interchange aquí or acá. You only use one or the other. For example, you use aquí to refer to something you just said or as a synonym for ahora, but it needs to have a preposition. So, an example is, mi novio llega tarde una vez más, y aquí está el problema. My boyfriend is late once again, and here is the problem. Mi novio llega tarde una vez más, y aquí está el problema. De aquí a cinco días estaremos en París. Five days from now, we will be in Paris. De aquí a cinco días estaremos en París. Five days from now, we will be in Paris. Now, it also means at that moment, if you are referencing something in the past. So, aquí supe la verdad y comencé a llorar. At that moment, I knew the truth and began crying. Aquí supe la verdad y comencé a llorar. At that moment, I knew the truth and began crying. You can also use aquí to introduce people who are right there by you, you know, they're physically close to you. So, aquí Juanita, mi jefa. Here is Juanita, my boss. Aquí Juanita, mi jefa. And something interesting about this is that you don't have to say aquí está, right? Here she is. You just say aquí Juanita, mi jefa. Here is Juanita, my boss. Because in English, you, you can't translate it as here my boss, like here Juanita, my boss. That just does not fly in English. So you would say, here is Juanita, mi jefa. Now for acá, you can use that word to mean until now or since then. So it kind of shows the end of a time period and you use de or desde with it in this, in this scenario. For example, desde entonces acá ha estado buscando venganza. Since then, he has been searching for revenge. Desde entonces acá ha estado buscando venganza. Or, de ayer acá, ella ha estado buscando. From yesterday until now, she has been searching. De ayer acá, ella ha estado buscando. Now, you can also use acá as a synonym to este or esta when referring to a person near you. And by esta or este, I mean the ones with the accent mark, so they're the actual pronoun. For more information regarding the difference between este and esta and their accented forms, go ahead and check out episode 53, This, That, These, and Those in Spanish. Now, an example of using acá as a synonym to este or esta would be acá no tiene razón. This one is wrong. Acá no tiene razón. This one is wrong. In English, we don't really quite have a direct translation of this. It's not normal for us to say, this one is wrong. 
but in Spanish, it works. Acá no tiene razón. This one is wrong. So let's move on to ahí. A-H-I with an accent. So this word means there, but when the object or person or place is close to the person you are talking to, or is close to you, ish. It's not really close, it's not here, but it's not way over there either. According to the RAI, this word means, quote, en ese lugar, unquote, or rather, in that place. You should also know that in some Latin American countries, it can be used the same way as allí. So some example sentences would be, nosotros vivimos allí. We live there, right? It's not aquí, but allí. Apílalo allí. Stack it there. Apílalo allí. Stack it there. Now, here are some example sentences of using it as a noun. Los ciclistas pasan por ahí. The cyclists pass through there. Los ciclistas pasan por ahí. The cyclists pass through there. Ahí están los libros. There are the books. Ahí están los libros. There are the books. It can also, in some Latin American places, be used as a synonym for quizá or tal vez, which means perhaps or maybe. For example, ahí comemos pastel mañana. Perhaps we eat cake tomorrow. Ahí comemos pastel mañana. Perhaps we eat cake tomorrow or we will eat cake tomorrow. Por ahí se volvió loco. Maybe he went crazy. Por ahí se volvió loco. Maybe he went crazy. You also combine it with por to discuss distances that aren't very far or are indeterminate. For example, él va por ahí. He is going there. Eh, not too far. He's going kind of, you know, over there. Él va por ahí. Pasaron por ahí. They passed by. Pasaron por ahí. Right? It's not exactly sure where they were passing by, but they just walked by in some place. So let's go ahead and talk about allí and allá. They both mean over there, when the object is far from both you and the person to whom you are speaking. So for allá, according to the RAI, this word means, quote, en aquel lugar o en sus proximidades, unquote. Whereas allí means, quote, en aquel lugar, unquote. So they both mean in that place over there, right? further than just a normal there. But allá is similar to acá in that it has that extra connotation of in that proximity, even though that really doesn't make much of a difference in everyday life. So some example sentences of allí and allá are Nosotros vivimos allí. We lived over there. Nosotros vivimos allí. We lived over there. Like way over there. And or you could say, nosotros vivimos allá. Nosotros vivimos allá. You could say, nosotros vamos allá el año que viene. We are going way over there next year. Nosotros vamos allí el año que viene. We are going way over there next year. Here is an example sentence of them as nouns. Ellos se fueron de allí hace dos años. They left from way over there two years ago. Ellos se fueron de allá hace dos años. They left from way over there two years ago. Now, just like with aquí and acá, there are certain phrases where you only use allí and allá. You can't 
interchange them. For example, you use ayi to say where there are or right over there. For an example, donde las montañas se encuentran con el mar, su casa sí está allí. Where the mountains meet the sea, that is where their house is. Donde las montañas se encuentran con el mar, su casa sí está allí. Where the mountains meet the sea, that is where their house is. Dejo mis llaves allí mismo. I put my keys right over there. Dejo mis llaves allí mismo. I put my keys right over there. That happens to me all the time. You use allá to say that something is someone's decision or problem. For example, si prestas atención a mi consejo o no, allá tú. Whether you heed my advice or not, that's your problem, or it's up to you. Si prestas atención a mi consejo o no, allá tú. Whether you heed my advice or not, that's up to you. You can also use a ya to emphasize that something is really far away. And in this scenario, you would use the preposition en. For example, allá en el Ártico. Over there in the Arctic, right? Super far away. Allá en el Ártico. Way, way over there in the Arctic. Allá en el pequeño pueblo. Over there in the tiny village. Way, way out there, right? Far away in the tiny village. Allá en el pequeño pueblo. Now, this can also include a moment in the past something from the very distant past, that is. Allá en su infancia, a los niños se les enseñó a guardar silencio. Back in her childhood, children were taught to be silent. Allá en su infancia, a los niños se les enseñó a guardar silencio. Back in her childhood, children were taught to be silent. Now, allá can also be used to indicate a time or place that something happened, followed by por. So here are the two examples that the RAI gives. Quote, Se conocieron allá por los años 20. Se conocieron allá por los años 20. My translation, They met each other back in the 20s. They met each other back in the 20s. Allá por los Andes. My translation, They're in the Andes. Allá por los Andes. They're in the Andes. Unquote. Now, if you aren't sure about when to use each word regarding distance, think of them in terms of este, ese, and aquel. Again, if you've got questions on these, please see episode 53, this, that, these, and those in Spanish. Now, an interesting side note. There is an old, old word that was used in the 16th century, but is no longer, called acuya. A-C-U-L-L-A with an accent mark. And the RAI says that this word means, quote, allá o más allá, unquote. In other words, way over there or further than way over there. It was also used to highlight a growing intensity. So here is the example sentence from the RAI. Quote, dispuso un dibujo aquí, un grabado allá, una foto acuya, unquote. And my translation, arrange a drawing here, an engraving there, and a photo over there. From my research, it seems to me that there were two different phrase sets to describe locations, aquí, ahí, and allí, and acá, allá, and acuya. But these days, the acá set has changed with acuya basically disappearing and allá meaning the same thing as allí. 
Another interesting fact about the acá set, you can add modifiers, such as más or un poco más. For example, you can say un poco más acá, or a little bit more here, but you wouldn't say un poco más aquí. All right, to finish this part off, while I was researching this episode, I found a few fun phrases and I really wanted to share them with you. So, de aquí para allá, or you could say de aquí para allí. And this means back and forth or to and fro. So an example would be, estoy siempre de aquí para allá. I'm always going back and forth. Estoy siempre de aquí para allá. I'm always going back and forth. There's also aquí y allí. Here and there. I like how it rhymes. Aquí y allí. Here and there. There's also por allí. So right around there. It's more or less there. Por allí. Vete allá. Get out of here. Get away from me. Vete allá. This is the combination allá of para and allá. So you have it P apostrophe A double L A with an accent mark. Allá. If you want more on similar unofficial contractions, see episode six, Spanish contractions part two. Then there is vente acá. Get over here. And that is a combination of para and acá, pa'ca, vente, pa'ca, get over here. There's el más allá, which is the afterlife. El más allá, the afterlife, that's kind of poetic. Muy allá, very good. It's a synonym for muy bien. And the opposite would be no andar muy allá, which is to not be very well, right? No andar muy allá. No ve más allá de sus narices. He can't see what's right in front of him. No ve más allá de sus narices. And I really like this phrase because literally it translates to he can't see what's beyond his noses. I'm not sure why he's got multiple noses, but there you go. So I hope this has helped you. Remember, if there are any topics you would like me to cover, please email me at contact at languageanswers.com. That's contact at languageanswers.com. So now let's go ahead and move on to our normal, I know it's been a long time since we've had one, but our normal cultural tip regarding Argentina's national holidays. So let's begin with a list of holidays that many other countries also celebrate and which we have covered in other episodes. Although I will include interesting tidbits for further context or unique ways that Argentina celebrates the day. So there's New Year's Day on January 1st, Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, followed by Easter, which is you know April 1st through April 4th. There's Labor Day, May 1st. There's Father's Day, which is always the third Sunday in June. And again, not a public holiday, generally isn't. There's Mother's Day, which interestingly enough is actually celebrated on the third Sunday in October. It's not a public holiday either, but it's celebrated in October and not May because this used to be the day that the church celebrated the maternity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which was then moved to January 1st. So children will give their mothers flowers and treats on this day. There's the Immaculate Conception on December 8th and there is Christmas on December 25th. Now, an interesting 
fact about this is that children will leave out their shoes to get gifts from the three wise men on Epiphany. So they might also leave out hay and water for the wise men's horses as they travel to see the baby Jesus. And Epiphany, we've talked about before, is not actually December 25th. It's January 6th. And now on to the unique national holidays. Argentina has a lot of unique holidays. They have 10. So I've decided to break this up in the interest of trying not to make this a super long episode. And today we'll talk about four of them and we'll talk about the last six in our next episode, episode 56. Deal? Deal. The first one is Carnival Monday and Tuesday, and this happens on February 15th through 16th. Carnival is always held before Ash Wednesday, and it marks the start of Lent. You've probably heard of Brazil's Carnival, which is similar to Argentina's, although Brazil inherited their tradition from the Portuguese and Argentina from the Spanish. The really extravagant celebrations are in, I apologize if I butcher this, Gualeguaychú. They have parades on the weekends from January through March. Now, both traditions fused with those of the African slaves brought over by the Europeans, creating the Carnival that we have today in both Brazil and Argentina. There are a lot of parades and a lot of dancing and a lot of celebrating. One cool thing about Carnival in Argentina is the Tincunaco ceremony, which happens on the Thursday before Lent. It celebrates the relationship between a mom and her child's grandmother. So for the ceremony, which highlights their bond, mothers form one line and grandmothers form the other. Then they come together on a, a decorated arch made of willow branches and exchange a doll that, by the way, is made of candy by touching each other's forehead. So even though this technically happens before Carnival Monday and Tuesday, it's still considered part of the celebrations. Number two is the Truth and Justice Memorial Day, or as they would say in Argentina, Día de la Memoria, or Día de la Memoria por la Verdad y la Justicia. This takes place on March 24th. It's always held on March 24th because this holiday is to remember the people who disappeared under the military junta that took power in 1976. The National Reorganization Process, also known as El Proceso, overthrew President Isabel Perón and began a time of state terrorism. While we know that about 10,000 people disappeared, the actual count may be higher. And this time of terror ended, eventually, thankfully, with Democrat elections in 1983. So to mark this day, there are peaceful rallies and marches by those whose loved ones are among those who disappeared. Number three is Malvinas Day, and this day is always celebrated on April 2nd and is a tribute to those who died in the Falklands Malvinas War. During this war, Argentina launched an invasion of the Falklands, also known as the Malvinas Islands, on April 2nd, 1982. According to Britannica, the British seized control of the islands in 1833, despite Argentina's claims to them since the early 19th century. Later, when the dictatorial government of Argentina needed to rally public support, as you can imagine, it was struggling, they decided to invade the Falklands and regain their lost territory. What ensued was a war lasting 74 days and the deaths of 650 Argentinians and 255 British, with Britain regaining control of the islands. Just a side note, officeholiday.com says it was 649 Argentinians. Now, the holiday in Argentina replaced the previous June 10th commemoration of Luis Vernet as the governor of the islands in 1832. It was known as Sovereignty Over Malvinas Islands Day. 
and the government is still trying to identify the remains of all of its fallen soldiers to this day. And lastly, number four, May Day Revolution. Dia de la Revolución de Mayo. Now, this is celebrated on May 25th, and it is a celebration of the first independent government in Buenos Aires after a revolution in the city took place in 1810. This began the process of the country's independence from Spain. Now, this was back when Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, and Bolivia formed the Viceroyalty of the Rio de la Plata. So they basically were one combined area. Without a lot of violence, at least that's what officeholidays.com says, the city ousted the Spanish crown's viceroyalty and set up their own. While the holiday is May 25th, this year it looks like they had a bridge day and got the Monday before off, since May 25th was a Tuesday this year. That finishes our look at Argentina's national holidays. For now, we will, of course, return to it next episode. So be sure to tune in to find out what those next six holidays are. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to check out the show notes for links to the resources I used for this episode. If you would prefer to read an approximate transcription of today's episode, you can also visit the episode's blog. I would love to help you on your Spanish journey, so if you have any questions about Spanish culture or grammar, or even if you just need help editing or creating content in English, you can reach me at contact at languageanswers.com or visit my website for more information at www.languageanswers.com. Remember, learning a language is a lifelong journey. Aprovechalo, disfrútalo y compártelo. See you in two weeks. Hasta luego!